the no fly list. As far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you are not with that list, list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of the No Fly List, where we talk to comedians, artists, musicians, and other cool and interesting people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had comedian, friend, fellow Palestinian, Shada Yas. She's so wonderful, has such a wonderful vibe. Um, she's so smart too. Like she's like so accomplished. She went to Harvard, heard of it. Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. That's, that's the proper. That's how she sounds, guys. That's yeah. how. The whole um, oh, yes, yes. I at Harvard when we uh, went- back at Harvard. Although she didn't mention, she's not one of those people, you know, those people that like, can't wait to like mention it. We were definitely yeah, like, I think, as, honestly, yeah. I don't think I've ever, all the good people who've gone to like, Dope schools never talk about it. They always say, yeah, I went to school in Boston. You're like, okay, you went to Harvard. Yeah, you went to Harvard. Exactly. <laughs> Somewhere outside Boston. Um, but she's amazing. I mean, she grew up in Ramallah, which is where I'm from. It's such a small world. We met at a show and uh, we were like, okay, we must know the same people for, from the same s- small city yeah. in Palestine. Uh, she you know, studied political science, as many Palestinians do. <laughs> As, as like three, yeah. <laughs> many brown people. And she's actually trying to make a difference in the world. And we talk about that and how she feels like she really wants a life with purpose. And we're trying to convince her, yeah, comedy's a purpose. Comedy's yeah, a- I think we were the worst people to be like, that. It, it's so wild because we really were like, no, no, you could do anything with comedy, stick and like stick to comedy. Meanwhile, she was like, I have the knowledge and the skill set to really help people. And we were like, you can help people in another way too. <laughs> you can tell dick jokes. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. She talks about her dad runs a hospital or is retired now from running a all Palestinian hospital in Jerusalem and how kind of like living up to that and wanting to do some good in the world, uh, which I still think you can do with comedy, but uh, I also understand having like such a unique like background and studying your ass off and getting that kind of education. Yeah. You want to do something uh, on a on a bigger level, but maybe she can combine those things. She's very smart and creative. I have no doubt that she whatever she does, she's gonna be successful in it. Yeah, she's gonna be do so well, especially because like even with comedy, like she's so new and she's fucking killing it. That's the thing. I met her like a couple, maybe like one or two years in, she did our live show and I was just so blown away by her. She was amazing. Um, Smart, funny. Uh, She was running like a million shows in the city. I think now she's taking a little bit of a break, which sometimes you need to, because it gets a little bit intense when you're trying to run a billion shows and produce a bunch of stuff and work on your craft like this. It's exhausting. It's, it really, like, it's super exhausting. And especially in, like, we'll get to this in a second, but, like, now we're, like, returning back to the world. And it's so difficult to balance everything again. It really is. It really is. But I really love hearing Shada's perspective on things. And we talk about, you know, her starting comedy after a breakup, but also men not being kind of the 
yeah. cornerstone or center of her life and not really worrying about being single or not. And I really like that. Like, oh, if something comes along, cool. If not, that's not something that needs to be top of mind all the time. Exactly. And I and I think that's like, it's a lesson that like took me so many years. And like, I feel like she just is so well adjusted that she was just like, oh, this is how I feel right now. Yeah. She's such an awesome person to talk to. Um, and we really get into talking about like, finding what we want, just kind of taking risks, especially as women, that can be something that is a little bit more challenging for us. And we're not socialized to like take big risks and do the things that, you know, men are told that they can do. So it was very kind of empowering listening to her and learning from her. Very cool. Very funny. Uh, Y'all should check her out. Um, Follow her online. But Before that, we're going to get into our first segment, the No Fly List, No Fly List, where we talk about people who we think should be not able to fly instead of innocent brown folks like ourselves. That's kind of our shit list. So, Amama, who do we have this week? We have everyone who is making us go back to work, like into an office for no reason. Yeah, fuck that. What is happening? I know a lot of people, their companies are making them do that. It's like, hello, we're still in a pandemic. There's still Delta. There's also, we have proven for the last year and a half or so that we can work remotely. It's been so wild to be back because I'm a whole other level of exhausted. Like, I forgot what it was like to like wake up at eight and then I go do yoga and then I have PT, but I'm all doing this while I'm like going into an office and I'm commuting like 30 minutes back and forth. And it's just like so much. And everyone in the office, like at least where I work is so depressed and it is just, it's wild to like be back. So I would put everyone on the no fly list, but I think they would enjoy it because it'd be like, Oh, we don't get to go anywhere but the office. <laughs> I I second that. I don't think there's any reason to have to go back. I think companies should give people the option of of coming in if they want to. But at this point, it, it's proven that it's kind of useless. Like yeah. people can work from home and do their thing. I think it's like a control power thing that companies and Absolutely. management want to do that. There's no actual good reason for it unless you have to be physically there. Like you, unless you're like a TSA agent and you have, you can't do that from home. Uh, but yeah, it's so, it's so stupid. And I just think that like, no one, I don't know if you have to go back to work. Uh, I would say, talk to your coworkers and be like, do you, do we really need this? Do we really want this? And the answer, you can unionize and then fight against it. That's literally, yep. That's all I want to (laughs) suggest. Uh, but yeah, in the, as you're unionizing, you should actually really listen to this episode because Shada is just so smart. She's so fun. She's so smart. And you guys are going to love it. Enjoy. Yay. Welcome Shada. <laughs> Running you. fashionably late. <laughs> Brown people <Rumble> style. <laughs> Thank you so much. We were actually here early, surprisingly. Yeah. I also, I feel like with like the just schedules and like, the world, like I still don't know how to be a person, so I like to get here to like do catch up time. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, how does like one? I don't like know how to act anymore. Usually, yeah. Usually, I'm like, I'm gonna leave an hour early, and just weekdays, it never happens. It never works. No, nope. yeah. no. Nope. Yeah, the trains are always like fucked. Um, and you're living in Harlem now? In West Harlem. Ooh. Do you have roommates or? No, I live alone. Yay. Nice. The live alone crew, isn't it amazing? 
it's incredible. Once you do it, you're like, I need to be the, at least this rich for the rest of my yes, life because right. I can't. I'm like, I'm going to need a third job. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to. Whatever it is. It. I will sell anything online. Our to kidneys. Uh, people outside of New York are probably like, what's the big deal of living Oof. alone? I pay $300 for this mansion. Yeah. <laughs> for this two bedroom. And like. But in New York, it's a big achievement. It really is. It's like I had we made three it, roommates yeah. uh, during the pandemic. And one was a paramedic, one was a bartender, and the other person was a teacher. So the amount of times that I was, like, just stuck in quarantine, and my job was, like, work from home. At one point, I just had it, and I was, like, out. I'm I'm out. Were they your friends? Friendly? I I loved the woman um, who lived there. The guys were fine. I think towards the end, I just was driven crazy because everyone— It's just, like, three people— Four of us really together, one bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying way too much for this scenario. <laughs> and I feel like when you room with people in New York, you count on being outside the apartment for the that's majority it. of the yeah. day. That's exactly You're like, right. I just sleep here. It's a hotel. There's a yeah, shower. Yeah, exactly. My room is teeny tiny, but I don't care. It just needs to fit a bed. So once we turn to, no, all these people are going to be this in your, your face. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it was a lot. How long have you been living in New York? Five years. Uh, six now. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And you were in Boston September. before. I was in Boston oh, for college. Um, yeah. Where'd you go to school? I went to Harvard. Oh my God. Hell yeah. yeah. Did you go to school in Boston? No, I went to Brown for grad oh, school. Nice. Yeah. And I was, I started comedy in Providence in Boston area. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I was like a teacher. And then after I stopped teaching mid grad school, I was like, let me start comedy. So that was, uh, nice. yeah. So you were teaching and doing grad school at the same time. No, no, no. Okay. I was teaching, left teaching, went to grad school for a full-time program. And then in the middle of it was like, I don't want to do this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you, when did you start comedy in Boston or? No, I started comedy like literally November 1st, 2019 is when I started stand up, <laughs> like right before the pandemic. And it was never something I planned on doing. Yeah. I always liked comedy. I did sketch and improv a little bit before 2019, but I was like, this is just a hobby. I'm going to get over a breakup. Using yeah. this, like, that's you know? usually it. That's yeah. always it. You yeah. hit rock bottom, and then you're like, "Well, I guess comedy is fine." Like, I like that our rock bottom is like some boy. And then well, like, I remember <laughs> I had like broken up with someone I had been in long term relationship with. I like hated my job. I was like, "What the fuck am I still doing, in New York?" So like, it's all these things that's like. Then we're like, yeah, I guess I'll do comedy. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. And especially if you start with like sketch or improv, like there yeah. was UCB. It was a program. It was a class you have to go to. Yeah. It was nice to just, you realize you have so much free time after a breakup. And you don't realize it. That's true. That That's, is true. It's just ban- your bandwidth so expands. And you're like, oh, I'm, I don't have to think about this other person. I don't have anyone to hang out with. Exactly. I'll go do comedy. I'll go hang out with other losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm including myself in that. Uh, that's cool. And I met you right during the pandemic, like when I had come back from uh, quarantining in Alabama. And Christiana, who is a past guest, was like, um, there's another Palestinian comedian. Do you know her? And she was like, I don't mean to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, um, if there's another Palestinian comedian who I don't know, I need to know them now. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. she introduced us. It was at the tiny cupboard on the roof. And then... Of course, we like know people that you know we, we in common. Yeah, because um, you you grew up in Palestine. right? I grew up in, in Palestine, Jerusalem, Ramallah. Ramallah. Oh, okay, yes, that's yeah. where I also lived. Yeah, 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 I thought your family like or your parents work in Jerusalem. My dad works in Jerusalem. So my dad uh, just recently retired, but he used to run 
the only remaining like major Palestinian hospital in Jerusalem. So he would commute every day to Jerusalem from Ramallah, but we always like, grew oh, wow. up in Ramallah. Yeah. Oh, that's a- He's a hero. Yeah. Yes, that's for sure. Really cool. I will never stack up to what he's contributed. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I went to Harvard, but you know, my, but no. Yeah. Did you, what, did you move here then for college? For college. For college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I moved here for college. I have two younger sisters. They've since moved to the U.S. for college too. Um, but my parents still live in Palestine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. was that like transition? Yeah. Did people, people are always like, oh, is it a culture shock coming back to like, uh, New York from Alabama or from Palestine. I'm like, no, it was more culture shock from Alabama for me than I feel like Palestine mm. or Ramallah is kind of like a mini New York City in a sense because it's chaotic. It's crazy. There's a lot of nightlife, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think like everywhere you go, there are pockets that you just associate with. So if it's like progressive pocket, you're going to end up there. Like you said, like Ramallah specifically, there's been a ton of international aid given to rebuild it and kind of make it the pseudo-Palestinian capital um, so that we don't get Jerusalem, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that is the goal. But um, but yeah, Ramallah is like very open. I went to school there. I always grew up with a American accent because my parents, uh, we lived in the Caribbean for a little bit before we moved back to Palestine. Mm. Oh, wow. um, so it was never, it was like, there was never like a language barrier for me. It was never a culture shock. I was always very like liberal, open-minded, almost ultra liberal in a Palestinian context. So when I came to the U.S., I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And you're at college, like you're bound to find people who are like you. Definitely. It's a very supportive environment. Yeah. At least I felt very supported there. Um, it's just four years. Someone's paying for you to discover yourself and Basically, like read. Yeah. <laughs> read for four years. That's incredible. You couldn't pay me to read. Okay, <laughs> and also like this, that's honestly true. Same. Um, I only but, read after breakups. Okay. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like Cambridge is also like in, in the greater context of like Boston being kind of a racist city and a shitty city. Like Cambridge yeah. is that like bubble that like is like you're contained in that. So exactly, you don't, yeah. exactly. And you don't really leave. Like I used to leave campus a lot, but most people didn't. Yeah. Um, no, it was really fun. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, I think it's just so common for any time a brown person is like, oh, I, I was like here for college. Everyone's like, oh my God, what did you do in your past life? It's like, what did you do in your past life? How was high school? <laughs> what did you study in college? I went to study biomedical engineering. Whoa. Whoa, oh my and, God. Because, like, my curriculum growing up was very science-heavy, and I was always great at it. I really enjoyed bi- biology and chemistry and math. Same. Um, and my dad's a doctor, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go down that route. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted to do pre-med um, and saw myself either working in a lab or being a doctor. And then two years in, one of my advisors was like, hey, like, when we meet up, you never talk about advancements in medicine you only talk about human rights issues why don't you take this intro to government class it was like an intro seminar that everyone has to take I was like whatever like sure I'll take it it'll be interesting but like I'm not switching majors I take that class I was like okay I'm, I'm switching to political science wow yeah like a good Palestinian like too. a good Palestinian oh my <laughs> no god my family is either studying political science 
engineering or yeah probably that's so weird i like, feel like yeah like my family's always like law but political science is it's a big po- yeah palestinians because like we gotta be entrenched in this it? <laughs> my parents were so against it really yeah yeah they were not happy about i did it. public policy at brown and my mom was like well what are you doing and i was like yeah. public policy and she's like what does that even mean yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah you know honestly to this day i was like i don't know because <laughs> her parents generations they're like just don't get involved in politics yeah. it's futile like yeah all government officials are shit. It's totally. all corrupt. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. This is the system. It's broken. But yeah. 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 They're not wrong. They're not wrong, no. <laughs> They're I, not wrong. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's useless. I no, think it's no. people like us who should be in those positions. We need to be hopeful and optimistic. We yeah. can't just like resign ourselves to like everything being corrupt and shitty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think exactly. like I think it's happening more and more like with the cynicism because like Every news story that we get and we're constantly online is so negative that you're like, well, what's the point? What's the point? Meanwhile, there are some really, like, really dope things happening in the political policy like sphere driven by a lot of like the really young kids. Yeah. By really young, I'm 31. So I mean like the people who are in college right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, those babies are doing a good job and they are. No, so it's it is, true. Like, there is a lot of hope and I think it's, it's interesting where I think my parents are also like, doesn't matter. Go have kids live a life, don't think about anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like, no, like, there's actually, like, cool things happening and we do have to be part of the public policy sphere. I think so. I, like, I don't know, I work in politics, so I go back and forth of being, like, completely fatalistic to... I work for the Department of Education, so I do the same <sighs> thing constantly. And it's not healthy. No, but, it's yeah. not. Like, I just started therapy because I was like, I don't, I can't handle these thoughts anymore. Wait, that's <laughs> awesome, though. We are huge proponents of Woo! therapy yes. on this. Every guest, we, yeah, we like, it's so necessary. And also, I, so I worked in a prison for a little bit and, um, like, doing, like, re- research and stuff. And I, I went to therapy that a lot so after that. that I was just so like, tough. I was like, there's nothing good in this world. Prisons in the U.S.? Yeah, I was in Rhode Island, which um, there's like one gigantic prison. Um, but it was, it was shitty. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I hate I hate thinking about prisons. I worked I worked on Syria for a long time. And a big part of what I did was around the detainee issue in the like UN negotiations, which obviously they didn't do anything about it, but I worked with a lot of former Syrian detainees and it just, yeah, it kills you. Like you're not the same after having a conversation with a former Syrian detainee. You're, you're done. I can't imagine. You're done. Yeah. I can't imagine no, what I, they're going through. And then just having a conversation, like imagine like the, the utter like shit and horrors that, that people are going through. Sometimes like, yeah, we, we're very lucky to be here. We're very, even though this country is super corrupt, we're, I, I feel, I feel fortunate to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And I think like this country is just, I do think it's like a fascist regime still. Like, <laughs> I think we're headed there. Um, but like the, like, I think what's happening right now scares me because I am so lucky to be here, but I'm scared that like, we're just resigning towards such a moderate government right now Mm -hmm. I mean a moderate Republican government right now that Mm -hmm. people think is liberal and like where do we go from there like how worse like I think it's more that like we just need our our young kids because at 30 your back starts to hurt so you can't do it anymore (laughs) so you need the younger kids to like which they have been doing like Black Lives Matter last year was driven by yeah like really brave 17 year olds I know which was who are so articulate and so understanding I cried all summer long like just watching people like just (laughs) at the whoever was in DC protesting were they were actually putting their whole livelihoods 
on the lawn. Oh, it of was course. yeah, of course. And I'm like, good job, kids. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll watch and root for you. <laughs> yeah, I went to like New York once, and I was like, this is scary. <laughs> and yeah. they were like in D.C., like getting like beat up by like like police that were on on like SWAT people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, even the ones in New York, like you go and nothing's happening and already the police have their batons out. I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing's happening like, yet. Like are we back in Palestine? It, going legit. On? I was like. I mean, they trained the NYPD. I was going to say, yeah. The IDF. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. Makes, makes sense. Um, Do you have like a desire to, because um, maybe this is like, will be inspired. Like I lately have felt like so down about everything, but mm-hmm. I used to really want to figure out how to make comedy and policy, like I do write a lot of satire, and that like yeah, fine, I can express it I love there. Satire. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but like I do, you, like what was like? Do you have like a wish to like combine both of those things that you're passionate about? I'm trying to. You're actually, you guys are catching me in a crisis moment where I'm like reconsidering if I do comedy altogether. Oh, you should. You're really funny. Yeah, yeah don't I, yeah, you don't are amazing. Also, whoever like you, st- when I saw you at our show and. I we think you're so impressed because like, like, look, a year in, not even a year in, but like, like the year in that I was, I was like, uh, I don't know. Is anyone here dating? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you were really, really good at you this. You were really good right off the bat. I was, yeah. Same here. I'm yeah. like your first year, two years, three years. It's like, you barely just you're getting gonna comfortable go, yeah. getting on stage. You were like nailing it. You were just like, like mashallah, you gotta oh keep God, that. Yeah. 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 No, no, tell us more about your yeah. price. Okay. I'm telling you, I've actually been talking to more comedians about this and I'm realizing I'm not alone. Uh, especially comedians who aren't necessarily American, right? Yeah. Or, um, but I just feel this. There's this inherent tension between comedy and my what I view as my purpose in life of contributing to people, whether that's like Palestine or something else. And I can only maybe have an impact as a powerful Palestinian voice if I become like a very very big comedian. But the probability of that is so low. I don't think Why? that's the case. Because if you think about it, like the number of people who make it in comedy is okay. very few compared to the people who so, try. So that's true and false. So the other thing I'm going to say is that like in a theater community, be like, like a lot of the people I've seen over the last few years, like getting things and cool things. Mm-hmm. It's not just like the realm of comedy, like. Like acting, writing, books. Like it's true, kind of wild. True. Like the doors that like a lot of my friends who started like years ago and like they're like well ahead of me are getting all these cool things now. Like, yes, it takes some time. Yeah. And I'm also go I'm like also I'm in this mode right now of like, am I even like, is this worth it? Like, am I exactly. even funny? Like what's happening? Cause we also sacrifice so much of our bandwidth, our time away from relationships, families, friends. And as brown women, it's harder like the, yeah. the harassment either sexually racism you need to like brush it off often to be like all right whatever and I think at some point it does get to you but I will say that like I don't think that you should ever think that like oh I'm not going to be the the person to like to make it or, or yeah why why not you you know yeah no I know no but, I get <sighs> And I, and I also, I'm cutting you off, guys. No, 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 tell me. Because I've been feeling a lot like, well, like, am I wasting these years doing yeah. something like this where I could be doing something like what, like XYZ? But okay, like, you've been in those sectors. I designed a program for Rhode Island prisons. All of it got shut down. And I freaking hate it. Yeah. That's the thing. So like, it's like, I'm miserable day to day. I was like, I don't want to be in the policy world. Yeah. So what, what led to this crisis now of, 
should I even do comedy? And do you mean like stand up specifically or would you like just want to venture out in different I'm aspects not sure. of comedy, like writing? I'm not sure. It's definitely, well, right now I mostly do stand up, right? So I was like, okay, I have these, this vision of myself, like writing a pilot or working on a solo show. I never get time to do it because stand up is like every day and I work full time. If I wasn't working full time, I'd have the beginning of the day to work on these other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was partly just finding over the pandemic, finding less meaning in the day job that I do. Yeah. So it's like, okay, my day job isn't impacting people positively. And then comedy is not directly having a, a positive impact on people. So then what am I doing? So you want to live your life with, with purpose and meaning and yeah. have like good impact. And those are all like wonderful qualities. And I think you can absolutely do it through comedy. Even I would argue more than just like in in the political space because with comedy you can break down barriers. You can really transcend like through, through comedy and laughter. People have their guards down. So when you talk about being Palestinian and when you talk about your experience there it, and you know, people, when people are laughing, they're listening more than I think mm. when they have their guard up with yeah. just trying to tell them what's going on and people. Yeah, get yeah, yeah. Tense. That's how I feel. I think comedy is a form of activism. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I get what you're saying with the day job because I remember being so insanely depressed because I was like, all I'm doing is like this day job, which is like what I went to school for, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is like what I'm in severe debt for. Like, <laughs> and I like really wanted this job. And then, you know, like I am now doing it and I don't find it meaningful and I really hate it. And yeah, I think what I started. Are you to still do- doing it? Okay. What I started to do, and this is, uh, I don't think my boss is ever going to listen. What I started to do is realize that, like, I actually have some more time in the day than I realized. And I started to, like, write more. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, like, even, like, so this week, I had a show Monday. I bombed really bad. And, like, it really, like, put me in, like, a weird mood. And it was, like, after, like, a whole week or two weeks of, like, shows constantly doing well. And then I was, like, oh, like, I hate everything. And I was, like, hating my material even up to it. So I knew right, it was going right, to happen. Right, right. Um, and then Wednesday we canceled our weekly cause we were like all just like sad and like tired cause we're, everyone's like burning out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the other thing I realized is like, cool, like take some shows, but you can also say no. And right, then when you say right. no, it's okay. Like I've said no to so many things this week and I was honest and I was like, Hey, I'm a little burnt out. So I'm actually going to say no. And the responses nice. from that were like, like today someone was like, Hey, like if you're not burnt out anymore, like I have this. And I was like, Oh yeah, actually I would like to do that. I should yeah. like try to get back on. And, like, during that time, I was, like, I wasn't trying to be, like, I need to write. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. But you can always then, like, start to, like, create those breaks and be, like, you know what? Let me spend some time writing my pilot. Like, Zuby and I are writing a screenplay together. On Sunday, she came over. And we, ha- we were like, let's let's work. Like, let's do this. And yeah, then yeah. we hung out afterwards and it was nice. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you start to like put in that time. And then especially with your day job, it's like I start to figure out who I can delegate responsibilities to so I could take more of a break or else it starts to get to you too much. And it's a lot, especially right now. So you got to yeah. like your mental health and your physical health are so important. So just figure out those breaks and yeah, you don't have to say yes to everything. And you run two shows. Yeah. You're always going to have are going on hiatus. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. I think in the first year to two years, it can, it's easy to think about, well, should I just like stop? Like, what am I doing? But then the more momentum you gain and the more that you do it, I think we've all questioned it at some point. Yeah. Mm. Um, I questioned it so many times and then 
you're just like too far gone at some point and you're like, nope, I can't, I can't. And then it is like a thing where sometimes I was like, right before the pandemic, almost every single day of every month, I was like completely booked and it was cool. But then I was like, well, okay, is this for who now? Like, is it mm. me showing other people? Like, look at me, look at me. Right, right, right. Or right. is this like... Because there's so much signaling that comics yeah. do. Yeah. And like, it was here's like... all the shows I have. Exactly. Here's all the boomerangs. And it took like a few months into the pandemic for me to be like, oh, I, I think... I was just burnt out and it really wasn't so much for me. Like, was I even really trying hard? Mm, 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 mm. So it was just like, you know, like taking shows with purpose, like taping those sets, putting things out and having more of a reach in that way. So you're not like burning out. Yeah. But I also, I, and I get the ego. Cause even last night I almost was like, maybe I should, I haven't posted about a show. And then I was like, no, you're going crazy right now. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah, to yeah, dinner. Yeah, like go have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like that balance between being a comedian and being a human. Yeah. Like the more gun ho you are about comedy, the smaller, smaller your world is. And I realized like I took a couple days off last week where I was like, I'm just not going to do any shows or hang at any shows. And then I didn't have anyone to hang out with. I know comedy kind of becomes your social circle too. Because all my friends are gone <laughs> and the ones that are still in the city are like either busy or we're not as close anymore, especially after the pandemic. Yeah. I don't know. I think everyone needs to find a bar that they like. This is what I, my whole pandemic was spent making friends with my neighbors and they are like, we're like, I like, we're really close. They're all people who are like my age. And also they're all like black and brown women that like, nice. I was just like, oh, cool. Like, it's people who are not interested in comedy, not interested. Like, they're just, like, doing other artsy stuff. They're working in restaurants or yeah, bartenders. Yeah, yeah. Find those. On your days off, go make a friend at a local bar. And you'll be like, oh, I actually feel a lot better being in this city and this is my home. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it just used to be so much more well-rounded. Pre-stand-up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. When I was in a relationship, I feel like I was also kind of secluded from everybody. And then when I broke up, that's when it like opened up my world. I, mm. Me and Mama came, uh, became friends. We started yeah. doing this. And I, I became more and more friends with other comedians and finding community there. So I think it's definitely important to, you know, um, open up your world. And if you're not living a normal life too, then there's nothing to talk about on stage. So it's good that you have a day job. Exactly, it's good that you have exactly. other friends outside of this. So it really makes for better, more well-rounded comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to get back to some of the hobbies that I used to do pre-pandemic. Like I used to dance a lot. Oh, I used to do circus for a couple of years. That's my, that's also my thing is I'm very comfortable with my hobbies shifting like, I thought I wanted to do Cirque du Soleil. Like, I was training wow. 15 hours a week. Wait, that's what? amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, two years later, I was like, ah, I want to be able to walk when I'm 50. Yeah. This and this is, is really hard on wait, your body. what kind of dancing? Like, Well, I used to be a dancer growing up. Um, so I had a lot of, like, ankle injuries. And then I did circus. And I found out I have hypermobile joints. So it's not really good for you to be doing oh. something like circus. Oh, whoa. That's and also really cool, though. Yeah, that's that really such a cool. cool. It's cool. Yeah, I used to do it at this circus space in uh, in Bushwick, really close to the tiny cupboard, actually. Oh, and, damn. And, yeah, I, I did everything. Like, I did uh, lira and trapeze, like, all the aerial stuff. That's and so I did some, cool. like, ground um, uh, apparatuses. But then... My physical therapist was like, long term, this is not good for you. And I was really stubborn. I was like, okay, watch me. Like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be fine. And then I had a very bad injury and couldn't walk for a little bit. I was like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, maybe I'm not. I don't have to oh, do Cirque du Soleil. I'm okay. <laughs> like, so I'll just do comedy. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I was like, I'll just do comedy. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to get stuck in 
in the motions of doing comedy just because I've been doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I just like stopped it. Everyone says if there's something else that you can do besides stand-up, do that. Because it's, like, yeah. a very tough thing and you have to, like, really love it. And it's hard and it's it's not easy, but it's also, I feel like it's something that, for me, I feel like it it chose me. I didn't choose it because, mm. like, even if I want to quit at this point, I can't. But we've all had those thoughts and especially a couple of years in. It's totally normal. But at the end of the day, you know, a happy life is a successful life. Yeah. So whatever yeah. makes you happy, and that's the most important thing. True. Fuck everything else. And I also, like, I have a lot of—are you an Aquarius? I don't know why. I'm a Pisces. Oh, okay. That's in, Yeah. So when Similar, my, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, like, a month apart. Water signs. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what are you, February or April? I am January. You're January. Yeah. Okay, I'm March. Um, oh, my dad— <laughs> My dad, who's my best friend, <laughs> is also <laughs> in March. Um, but I just, like, I've I've done so many different things. Like, I wanted to be a high school teacher. Then I was like, never mind. Then I wanted to, like, I went into policy. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And then, like, my hobbies have also, like, they do shift. Like, I loved rock climbing. I loved hiking for a bit. Now mm-hmm. I cannot camp because it scares me. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, it's cool. So I think the thing is, like, you know that you're a really flowy person. Yeah. And because of that, like, you're never restricted to anything. And, like, truth be told, like, whatever you really want in life, like, whether it's, like, subconsciously you're thinking about it too, like, you'll get it and it'll come to you. So if it is through stand-up, like, it might just be, like, someone, like, seeing you at a show or seeing something that you put out and being, like, okay, cool. Yeah. I actually want you for so-and-so. So it's like there's so many different things that start to open up as you just start doing what, what Athir said, like just living your life and doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also with stand-up comedians, I like to like force people to be my friend. <laughs> like this Sunday, someone was like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, yeah, you want to come over to my house, watch me cook, and I'll put on a movie. And they're like, okay. I was like, look, I'm doing two things at once. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um so what's the what's the boy situation like now? Are you if you want to talk about it? Uh, the boy situation is not a boy situation no longer. Oh, because um, you were seeing someone during the yes, pandemic. I was, I was, and then when things opened up, <laughs> you're like, oh, there's an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't that. It was like we didn't know each other pre-pandemic. Oh, um, oh. so how'd you guys meet? like right before the pandemic uh, through like a mutual friend. So it was like, okay, we kind of knew each other during the pandemic. And once things opened up, we kind of struggled to like reset expectations and boundaries. Um, It's like, well, I don't really know who you, I I don't really know who you were like a year ago. And I think we've all changed to an extent. Yeah. Like a lot, a a lot, lot, a lot. I should hope so, right? (laughs) I don't know. For the the worst I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I've changed for the, I don't, I miss who I was before, but I have no idea how to get back to it. Neither do I. That's why I went to therapy because I was like, my baseline level of happiness is just so much lower Yeah, and I can't figure it out. Yeah, so was, and I'm just, like, a, a very different person, but I can't, like, I can't be around too many people for too long. Yeah. But I could just do, like, short, it's, like, it's. We're I'm, all traumatized, guys. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, like. But we were so lucky. Yeah. Do you know what I we mean? Are. Yeah. Like, we are. We didn't so get insanely lucky. sick. We, no, like. we're still here yeah. to talk about it. We had one bedrooms, like, we, well, you didn't, but, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we had roofs over our heads. And, yeah. But it just caught up with me. Like, in the beginning, I was totally fine. I was like, this is actually a really nice break. And I was thinking, if I found so much bliss in the pandemic, that means I'm living my life wrong. Like, something had... If I'm so happy with how the world stopped, 
then the way the world, my world is structured, there's something yeah. off about it, yep. right? Like, yeah. and you're trying to like learn what you want to take of this past year into how, how you move forward with your life. Um, but I'm definitely just more cynical. I'm like, I'm just harping on the negatives. Like, it's hard for me to pinpoint the positive things that people are doing. Yeah. Even in the policy world, I was like, no, no, no. But the negatives are so much bigger. Yeah. Like, whatever you say, it's overwhelmed by whatever yeah. all these governments are doing. Um, yeah, I agree. I I don't know how you feel, Athir, but I also feel like I just am such a different... It's weird. I'm a completely different person. And I've been, like, thinking, I'm like, I really loved... Like, I love myself now. Because, mm -hmm. like, I, I do. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I like myself. But I also really loved, like, how, like, fun and, like, like giving and kind I was. And now right. it's, like, I get really tired around. And I have to go home. And I have to, like, just, uh, it's weird. I'm yeah. just not the same. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's that's understandable. I think we all went through a lot. And we're still processing it. And. We also didn't get time to process. They're like, go back to work. Or we were just working, working Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, well, it's a good time to be single, you know? Yeah. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we actually have a dating segment uh, oh. called Fifty Shades of Brown, <laughs> where uh, listeners write in some questions for us and you as our guest get to be our little dating expert so are you ready love it let's do it uh, so mama do you have a question yeah um how do you know it's time to delete your apps whether you're single or dating someone <sighs> that's a good question i don't do the apps at all never once went out with a guy he was a loser, used it for a bit. I was like, that's hilarious. My, here's my thing. I don't use the apps because even if you're not very interesting, like we will be, we will be sitting down half an hour in. I'll know you're not a person I want to be with. Mm -hmm. But then if you're fascinating, I will talk to you for the next five hours just to figure out like how a person like you came to be who they are. But I'm not, so I waste a lot of time if I do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy texting. I don't enjoy looking at my phone. I don't enjoy... I'm the worst texter in the entire fucking world. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like... It's so awkward. It feels devoid of anything. I don't know. I would say delete delete the apps when you feel like you don't need the apps. Mm-hmm. In either situation. I mean? yeah. 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 I'm kind of in that boat right now where I'm like, I'm kind of like not super active on the apps, but I feel like they're annoying me more than they're like bringing me any kind of pleasure and I haven't been like meeting anyone or going out on dates or people that I like. And I think part of it is because now I'm being more discerning about who I want to go mm, out with and yeah, why. That is important. And I want, I don't want just some like short term thing or a fling yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm being a little bit more, um, yeah, like picking, weeding out the people who just want something more casual. So, and, but part of me and my gut just feels like, the person I meant to meet is not going to be on a dating app. Like, yeah. And, my, yeah. Yeah. and I know a lot of people who met their, you know, spouses, significant others on Tinder and Hinge or whatever. And now I'm just like, I know, I know that's possible. I don't, I just feel like it's out of my control. I feel like mm. I, part of it gives me more, I think if it gives you more stress than it does pleasure, then definitely yeah. Yeah. delete it. And then if you're in a relationship, I think it's like, once I would, if like once we made things exclusive, that's when I would delete the apps. 
Okay. Yeah. And also, like, when I start, like, when I have started to, like, really, like, like someone, then I'm just like, well, I don't really have a need to, like, once I like you someone. You have no interest yeah, in, like, talking to I think, to exactly. Us. I think that's when, and it's, like, maybe I'll just, like, put it on pause because mm-hmm. I'm just, like, cautious of, like, whether this is going to work out. But, um, yeah, I was telling Athea, like, I went on a date. I went on a really bad date in May, had a horrible experience, and then was, like, afraid to have sex for, like, the last, like, few months. So I was, like... Oh, my God. It's not fun, no. But then I was, like... Hey, that is not, a like, bad date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was bad. Um, but then on Wednesday, I went out with a guy from the apps, and it was, like, he was just so white. And part mm. of me was, like... He was, like, talking about the military, and I was, like, bro, read was the room. in the military? <laughs> His whole family was. And I was, like, All right, ah. like, dude, no. And then I actually ended up going to the bar that I always like go to and I like have all my friends there and I was really upset and I was telling my friend Travis and he did something really sweet. A cute guy came into the bar and he was just like, Hey, do you guys know each other? And uh, the guy's like, Oh, like kind of. And he put an old timey cocktail book in front of us and was like, let's make cocktails together. And it was nice. And I was like, Oh, this is actually how I would like to like, and And meet the person. Yeah. Yeah, And then I like had to like run out somewhere. So I like didn't exchange anything, but I was like, "Uh, Travis, I, do it for me. <laughs> um, but I think like apps, God, I just, I'm so single right now. And I just, I can't even, I'm about to delete my apps. Cause I'm just like, yeah. what is, what's the purpose right now? Like I'm not getting anything out of it except for white dudes. Sorry, white people. I just don't care enough. I just, if I'm going to meet someone, I'll just meet them. I don't like when I'm single, I don't really pay much attention to the, to guys. That's a good... I just don't have, like, a timeline or I don't have, like, a purpose. If someone comes into my life, they do. Yeah, that's a great attitude. I think for a while, I romanticized probably because all the rom-coms, like, a meet-cute. And I'm like... Mm. And so the apps felt, like, more, like, sterile and kind of, like, transactional. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I want to meet someone, bump into them on a corner. Or I used to always, like, went... When I'd board a plane, just like I hope it's a cute guy. I'm like, I'm wait. <laughs> and then of course it's like somebody who's like snoring and falling asleep on me, and like 500 pounds, I can't move and like breathe. But anyway, um, have you had friends set you up? Yes. Yes. Have you set her up? I haven't no. yet. No. There's so many dudes I know, but I know what they're like. Mm. So I wouldn't do that because I know that they're like. I don't know any dudes good enough for my friends. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Yeah. I I would not set anyone up. But my friend once set me up with a guy who was super sweet, but there was just no chemistry. Mm. Yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, that's you know. Currently, like I think the guys at the bar because I've been like you guys were like can be obnoxious to me sometimes, so you owe me. So they've been like trying, but they've been for the first time really nice about. They're like, okay, like. You're in an emotionally vulnerable state. He is kind of a fuckboy. I'm like, oh, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> but that is like, but my girlfriends, um, I wanted to do a bachelorette thing where I was like, every single one of my friends, everyone get one person to a week of dates. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> but then I realized I don't have the bandwidth for it. And I can't talk. <laughs> you I do guess, comedy, I'm all yeah, I can't. can't it's like, I can't do that. You're like, I got to be at the grizzly pair at midnight. Yeah, yeah I can't. Yeah. <laughs> also, it would be just better if it was like a one night thing where I was just like, all right, everyone come to Pine Box, 8 p.m. That's my show. We'll see. <laughs> like, <laughs> That is a good idea. Yeah, I, honestly, in the history of every single person I've ever gone out with or like on multiple dates, it's never been someone I met through an app. And it's mm-hmm. never been at a time I was expecting to meet someone yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah, Anytime yeah, 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 it's worked yeah. out. So I'm like, what What the hell am I doing? Like, yeah. I think it's also like, I so understandable that like such awful things have happened and it feels like you want someone mm-hmm. yeah. there with you. And then it's just, 
it's like hard to not like feel like oh my god like the world feels like it's ending is this ever gonna happen like all these like thoughts like right 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 so right, that, right. like it causes like that anxiety to increase which is like has definitely happened to me the last few months yeah but then again like usually I have been like I don't really care whoever's here is ever like is yeah. here and then I like will do whatever but it makes sense though it makes sense to be like what's going on because of, like, the uncertainty in the world. Yeah, 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 So I think that's why the apps right now fucking suck because everyone (laughs) is a little wild on them and they're not great. Yeah, But also, like, when you're going into a relationship, you want to be your best self. Yeah. And right now, none of us are. No, I'm, like, the worst person in the entire world. Like, you're like, we're trying... Um, <laughs> I'm taking an Instagram story I love it. as we speak. I love it. Uh, also, <laughs> we should be best friends. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, we have so much in common. I know. I know. Um, no, I'll it's do- good. Make sure you're your best self. Work on that. Yeah. Because we're all too depressed right now. Yeah. And then in a couple months. Yeah. And also what I was thinking, and I don't know if you guys agree with this. I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get... I don't think I can go back to the way it was, but no. I was like, what I can do is like, even with my anxiety and my depression, if I like can like be accepting of it mm-hmm. and be like, well, this is who I am. And sometimes it's not great. Yeah. But yeah. also like, I will be supportive of you. I think that's also like opening the door of like, that is my best self right now. That's the best I can do. Right. I right, can't exactly. do anything better right exactly. now. But like, you know, if that, if I can do that and just be open with it, like, like, even right now, like, I've just been so honest with people, like, mm-hmm. more than before. I'm just like, I don't, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I have to go. I just don't, like, I'm getting sad now. Mm-hmm. And my friends are like, yeah, I get it. No, but that's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. It's like, okay to not be okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even with, like, producing shows, like, so many times my co-producer will just tap out. And she's like, I just can't this week. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. I'll pick up the slack. Yep. And then the next week it'll be me yep. who just can't handle life. That was us. This all three of us this past week. Me, Dan, Yemi, all of us were just yeah. like, and, and the, we every single person was like, "Is it COVID related?" And I just got a test anyway on Wednesday just to be like, "No, it's not." Here is my test, and I also was like, kind of like, I've been at a lot of shows. I gotta go get tested. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it was like every single person was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I'm tired," and I was like, "Just say it's me." I was like, "I'm tired." Yeah. So like, mama's tired and she just could not like, and I was not going to go to Pine Box. It's like, I can't move. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, but do come to mama's shows there. <laughs> oh yeah, please do come to my shows. 8 p.m. Pine yeah. Box every Wednesday until I completely give up, which is going to be about two weeks from now. <laughs> Get it while you can, folks. Um, so Shatha, we have one last segment for you called Keeping Up with the Caucasian. <laughs> and so this is a segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as people of color also engage in these things. So I've got different categories for you to choose from. Okay. All right. So we've got food slash beverage, pop culture, activities, style and clothes, phrases or sayings, and miscellaneous. Let's do style and clothes. Style and clothes. Okay. You're very stylish today. So I don't know if you, I mean, you're usually stylish, but specifically today. So I don't know. um, Have you ever done fuzzy Ugg boots with, with booty shorts? No, 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 no. Fuzzy Ugg boots. You know, those Ugg boots with the, yeah. I used to, I don't think I've ever had Ugg boots. Me neither. neither. Yeah. Okay, cool. Not even in college. Like everyone wore that. Everyone had that with the shorts and a hoodie. Especially where you were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 That was like the vibe. Like that's formal attire when you go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've never done in Alabama. Sam. Everyone dressed like that too. It's like, I don't understand though. Like it's too cold. I don't get the, the winter boots with the, with the, like the booty shorts. Like, yeah. Usually it. in the fall. Yeah. Cause it's like in between. It's, it's not too so cold. Weird. Not too it's hot. like your legs are exposed, yeah. but then you're, it's like, I'm just very cold from the ankle down. <laughs> yeah. Or from the calves down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a look, it's more for the look than it is. I think. Oh, know. for sure. It is. Yeah. No, I don't. The warm. I don't oh, thank that. God. Yeah, that's. A, I don't think they're stylish at all. I just no. don't. They're ugly. I mean, I yeah. think that's what it's short for. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they've got to be. They're so they're not <laughs> I flattering. Know, I didn't know if they were like comfortable. Maybe that's they're what supposed to be super oh, okay. comfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, I like to wear I like to wear regular booties like black boots with like mm-hmm. shorts. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I like that look. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah, yeah. Long like the knee high boots. With, yeah, like, but like, that's short. like yeah. a sexy look. Yeah. This is like more like I'm going to get a pumpkin spice latte. This is like with a really like, white a, a, girl. White yeah. girl, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. they're also not waterproof. Oh, so that's if the you're point. wearing them in the rain, I was like, I don't right? Know. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, in college in Alabama, people always do that. Or flip-flops in the winter with shorts and a hoodie. I don't like what? flip-flops yeah. in the winter. In college. I don't like flip-flops on men. I don't want to see your toes. Like, play, just no. I'm fine with flip-flops in general, but in the winter, like, I've seen so white weird, dudes, right? like, wear, like, just shorts and flip-flops. And I'm like, what What are you trying to prove? Yeah. Global warming But we're talking, take like, <laughs> college students, right? Well, even post-college. but post-college. Really? Yeah. It's just like a, a look, that. I would see. Yeah, in Alabama, yeah. very common. Okay. In Providence, it was really common too. Yeah? Yeah. It's a white guy thing. I've never seen yeah. like, yeah. They would just, it was, I don't know what, what was going on with them, but they're really <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. They're really lazy. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you passed the test. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're not like... I'm an approved adult. Do people like ask you like did... I mean, I guess you've lived in more metropolitan places, obviously, but what do people like... Where do they think you're from? They think I'm white. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. People think I'm American. Oh, interesting. I just... I wouldn't say that. It's people who aren't American right, who are like, know. you're, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. Middle you're, Eastern, you're Yeah, Arab. exactly. Yeah. Literally, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like the I'm features. White. Like, you know, that's yeah. so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Why, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You, you get some a, white privilege. Yeah, some white really girl do. privilege. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hey, that's good for you. Anytime one of the Browns could get white girl privilege. <laughs> right, right. Enjoy yeah, I only, it. I only get called out when I'm at like airports. Really? And that's oh, just because they my know the name. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. But they also, they have like a detection too for Middle Eastern people. They're like, she's not white. Do they? they? I think it's mainly like my name. Uh, My name and passport and my job. Like I get questioned about that a lot. Mm. People Or I used to when I used to travel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah. Remember traveling guys? Remember that? Yeah. That was fun. Um, Yeah. My, so my cousin who you also know Mm -hmm. from Palestine has the same name as you. Do people, and people always mispronounce it like here. Yeah. Uh, Do people like. Do you have a Starbucks name? It's annoying. Uh, yeah, I, I use like Ella or Emma. What? Ooh. Because if I'm my... Like, that's not even close. It's yeah, not. I use yeah, Amy. Yeah. You use Amy? Amanda, um, which is close to Yeah, Amanda. yours is yeah. the closest. Because I don't want to have kids, but my sister does, and I've already picked out names for her kids. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I like names awesome. that end in an A. Me like, too. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you decide you don't want to have kids? 
I've never wanted kids. Hell yeah. Never wanted kids, never thought about it, have no interest in the biological process of it. I wow. love my body. I don't want to ruin I it. I feel. Do your parents know this? <laughs> and break their hearts. Yeah. We haven't like really talked about it, but also complications during birth run in my family. Oh. So every woman on my mom's side almost died giving birth, including my mom. Oh yeah, my, my mom God. almost did too with my with me apparently, <gasps> and then she still had my brother, and yeah. like she had to get like a whole like pro like all these things just to like fix her body like after. That's and, was, and people talk about that. it like it's just normal. I was like, no, no if it happened to guys, no one would be also, saying like, this you know, is you like a get, risk like, worth taking. Diabetes. You can get mom, all these. My mom got diabetes and hypertension when she was 27. Like, she's been on medication since she was, like, younger than me. I was like, that's insane. And then you do it for something you don't want. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, the prize isn't even worth it. Also, I think the world's ending and, like, the kids, you don't need to birth anymore. Yeah, something like, is it even worth bringing uh, kids into this world? But I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm still open to it. So, if, if there are any... Uh, Someone fertilized them. <laughs> there are any fertilized men? What? Is it fertilize a deer? Fertilize a deer. That's a hashtag fertilize a deer. That's going to be a movement. I'm, I'm cringing. Start I'm cringing. A Kickstarter. Um, wait. Follow me at no uh, at fertilize a deer. It's going to be message with no fly list at uh, gmail. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. I, I like that you you're confident about what you want and and I think that's important regardless of what it is whether you yeah. want to have kids don't want to have kids being really, whatever it is at least yeah. it sounds like you know yourself and know what you want so I have no doubt you're going to figure out the right path for you with comedy exactly that, yeah I think I think so I'm like generally comfortable with whatever happens I'm not like comedy's everything I'm never yeah. going to be anything if I'm that's not healthy. a comedian yeah, that's, no, healthy. that's healthy that's yeah, what yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like because the right because I've had so many interests that's yeah I know uh, yeah. Like, right. you know I, it's not like I'm seeking validation from this one thing right if anything I was like this doesn't do anything for the world yeah and yeah. I've, and I've, again, like, it's like the same thing. I felt the same way when I was like, I want to get into Teach for America. And then I was like, I want to get into Brown. It's like, yeah, I got those things. And I was like, I don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. This. And you're very comfortable with those decisions. Yeah. Just being like, yeah, we change. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to like go back to Palestine and start a nutrition center and like be community. Nutri- and like, I'm like, well, I'm going to tell jokes on stage. <laughs> so I totally get it. Part of me is also like, uh, I could be doing something better. But I also feel like this is just my calling and I, I have yeah. to follow. Yep. It's what wakes me up in the morning. And no matter what that is, like, you just got to follow that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think it's especially important for women in general to be risk takers. Yeah. And to go after careers that we don't, where you don't have like a safety net. Yeah. Because I think men yeah. do that a lot more often than yep. we do and in larger numbers. Yeah. And they're encouraged by society to yep. do that. And women, they're like, okay, so by 30, um, yeah. you should have figured it out. And you're like, no. And you're like, well, I have the same safety net that he has. Yeah. All he has is a salary. I yep. also have a salary. Like, it's fine. Yep. We're going to be, hopefully, hopefully, we're going to be fine. Or you'll figure it out if it doesn't end up exactly. working Exactly. And, yeah. and you'll be fine. You'll be, yep. if you, if you like have faith in yourself, you will be fine. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a really lovely episode. Yeah, yeah thank you, chat. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, where can our listeners uh, follow you and anything you want to plug? Yeah, um, people can follow me on Instagram at Shadayas. It's at S-H-A-T-H-A-Y-A-S. Um, I do two shows, one called Fickle Comedy, one called Double Threat Comedy. Those are they're also on so Instagram. Yeah, I'm- they're good shows all over New York. Uh, we try to have as many uh, women and diverse comedians on our lineups. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, and just 
the best, most hilarious people. Yay! <laughs> you could um, follow us at No Fly List Pod. Follow me at Athir Yakub. And you can follow me at Amama Sardar. Thank you. And thank you to Canal Street Market for having us. Woo! Yeah!